Within the first few bites, I also just have my clients kind of check in and see like, how is this feeling going down? What thoughts are kind of coming up, especially in the beginning of our work together and just getting like really excited around the food, but at the same time, just checking in with every part of ourselves as it's coming down. All right, everyone, welcome to the show. Heal Thyself has always taken the time out of your day. All the love to you, all the gratitude to today, opening ourselves up to really powerful information that may just change your life or change a loved one's life. Regardless, this is what we do. Give out some really good stuff. Now, in the Knowledge Bomb, I'm going to be talking to you about food sensitivity and intolerance tests. A lot of these companies are online. You can order it. Check out with a blood stick if you're intolerant to all these different types of food, maybe over 200. Are they real? Are they beneficial? Should we be taking them? Should we be spending our money on them? And then our special guest is awesome, all the way from New York City. She's coming and she's going to be talking to us all about dietetics. Really nutritionally, what foods and how we should be eating those foods to really, really optimize our overall health, including our digestive system, but also the scope of dietetics. How is the education being influenced by the big food industries? And how is it trickling down and affecting the way you're getting your recommendations for eating better and being better? It's going to be an amazing podcast because she's so passionate about her work and really being a pioneer as a dietitian and changing the game. And that's what we want to do. We want to bring people who change the game. So really excited to share that with you. So before we get into our show, I want to say a few things about our awesome sponsors to make this show possible. You know, skincare isn't just about looking good, right? A lot of us want to look good, but it's not just about looking good. It's about nurturing your skin and being well-balanced from the inside out. And, you know, this world is flooded with a bunch of harsh chemicals that are really insulting our skin, our barrier. And you want something truly effective that is safe. Alitura is one of the best in the game. If you never heard of Alitura, you just think of, you might've seen some uh, black bottles with gold writing on it. It's one of the best. And they're always at health events and people are loving them. And they're quality. Alitura Naturals has crafted a serum that is not only safe, but also incredibly effective. Listen, a lot of you ask me where I get my glow from. This is a huge part of the equation. Their gold serum isn't just another skincare product. It's a testament to the power of natural healing and a commitment to holistic health. It uses organic ingredients like jojoba, olive, rosehip oils, and the gold serum is made organically with plant-derived vitamin A, not synthetic stuff, not that nasty stuff that you're getting in a lot of these over-the-counter products, GHKCU, and marine collagen to revitalize your skin. Alitura Naturals has been using the best ingredients in their products for years. They've been pioneering the path for what truly transformed skin should be. So if you're ready to take control of your skin health and experience the pinnacle of natural beauty, I highly recommend checking out Alituria Naturals. For a limited time, you, the Heal Thyself listener, will enjoy the exclusive discount, just the Heal Thyself discount, only for you. That's 20% off of this gold serum. Go to alitura.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. That's A-L-I-T-U-R-A.com and get that 20% discount. It's amazing stuff. I use it every night before bed and I'm telling you, I'm on fire with my skin in a good way. Check it out. All right, let's face it. With all the toxins we're exposed to nowadays with processed foods, pollutants, and even stress, our poor livers have been working overtime. If you've been feeling sluggish, bloated, or just overall rundown, 
it may be time to give your hardworking liver some extra love and support. That is where Organifi's Liver Detox comes in. This convenient little capsule contains a powerhouse blend of clinically studied superfoods. This convenient little capsule contains a powerhouse blend of clinically studied superfood ingredients specifically designed to remove excess toxins and improve digestion, promote healthier energy levels, and just overall liver health. Now, one of the key ingredients is artichoke leaf extract, which has been clinically proven to help detoxify the liver and digestive tract. Then you got the all-star liver protector. You heard of it, milk thistle, an herb that has been used for centuries to give your liver a big old hug. That's not all. Organifi's liver detox also contains dandelion root, one of my favorite ones of all time, which is loaded with vitamins and minerals to promote healthy liver function and digestion. And finally, Trophalia, an ancient Ayurvedic formula packed with antioxidants that has been traditionally used as a powerful liver tonic, one of my favorite ones too. So whether you're dealing with sluggish digestion, low energy, or just want to give your body's main detox engine a little extra love, Organifi's Liver Detox has your back. Just take one to three capsules at any point during the day to start supporting your liver's natural detox pathways. All of us need to be supporting our liver. If you want to experience the energy boosting, liver supporting effects of this fantastic formula, head to OrganifiShop.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. That is O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I shop.com slash DRG. All right, food intolerance and food sensitivity testing. It is so hot right now. At a home food sensitivity test, could just be ordered online. You type it in, you'll get a ton of companies. You'll see it right on the first screen, like Everlywell, Sarascreen, Seven Drops, Verisana, My Lab Box, For You Health, Eukarya, and all these different types of companies that are offering you a really easy at-home test to see: Are you intolerant to the foods that you're eating? Now, everyone's in the bad wagon, and and it's appealing bandwagon. Why? Because everyone eats food. Virtually everyone has on some level some gut dysfunction also. So it's rare to find someone with a really truly iron gut. But it's appealing because you're gonna get this beautiful report. And depending on the company, they usually have a colored graph with over 200 foods. And you see dairy, eggs, grains, fruits, veggies, beans and peas, fish, shellfish, poultry, meats, nuts and seeds, miscellaneous. You get a full report. And as you open it up and sift through the report, Let's say, for example, you go to the fruit section, right? And you go, wow, it says my immune system is actually reacting to bananas. I knew it because every time I eat bananas, I don't feel good, right? And then you look at blueberries and you go, oh, no, blueberries, really? I can't be eating these? I feel okay with them. And you see avocados and you go, oh, no, I love avocados. No more avocados, right? Then you look down and you go to the veggie section and you go, yep, yep, I knew it. Bok choy, oh man, when I eat bok choy, I get so gassy and burpy. And yes, this test is right on the money. And then you scroll down and you see eggplant and you go, yes, I knew I'd get heartburn with eggplant and I totally can't eat this. I saw that one coming, right? But then you see your body's reacting to spinach and lettuce and tomato and carrots, whatever it is, but you feel okay eating these. But your test tells you otherwise. And that's because most of us don't know how these tests work or how accurate they are, and we totally take them at face value. And oftentimes, it's at the expense of our own intuition. You wanna know how I know? Because I did the same test at school. Now, I was so attracted to finding out what foods my body wanted and what foods my body rejected. And I went all in. And of course, because I didn't address the underlying issues, what I saw was downstream results. And even at that, not always accurate results but downstream nonetheless. And I immediately cut down almost 30% of the foods that I was eating. And about 20 of those 
coming as a surprise to me. I didn't even expect those results. 10% that I can align with going, oh yeah, no, actually when I eat this, I don't feel too good. But the result was I was voiding myself from so many plant-based vitamins and minerals and antioxidants and not finding the proper substitutes. So on top of that, I was ignoring the root cause for those 10%. Why was my body reacting that way? And in essence, I was just taking a huge chunk of all the foods that I was using daily or a few times a week and just pressing the delete button. And the problem with food sensitivity testing is this, they're weak. They're overused, especially by naturopathic and functional doctors. They cause food panic and they don't address the root cause. I used this once as a doctor and never used it again, right? It's a simple skin prick onto a sheet and you send them off for results. And these tests test the way your immune system reacts to a particular antigen or protein in food. And it's not the same as a food allergy test. Now in food allergy tests, it's gonna measure a protein called immunoglobulin E, that's IgE. It's how your immune system is reacting to the food protein. This is the reaction that can give hives or teary eyes or nasal discharge, or more severely seeing mouth or tongue swelling, constriction in the throat, etc. Now food intolerance testing, it tests a different immunoglobulin. It's not IgE, it's IgG. And the problem with IgG antibodies is they haven't shown much evidence in the case of food sensitivities. Why? Because we produce them after eating. And the more of a food that you eat, the more you increase the presence of IgG to that food. And an elevated IgG antibody on a food sensitivity test probably means that you're not intolerant or sensitive. It just means that you're frequently eating the food. Yet nonetheless, a lot of these online food intolerance and sensitivity companies are capitalizing on this. And then you're seeing it on a picture and it's showing you foods that you shouldn't be eating rather than foods you're just eating frequently that you feel okay with. And on top of that, a lot of us aren't focusing on the downstream effects. What is the health of our gut? What about our nervous system? Are we eating food on the go, distracted with our cell phones, not breathing before we're eating, coming to a state of parasympathetic nervous system regulation? Or are we in a sympathetic state where, even though we're eating food and we're safe, the body thinks it's not safe? And of course your immune system, of course your body is gonna react in an inflammatory state. So rather, the question is, am I truly sensitive or intolerant to this food? Or am I not addressing my nervous system dysfunction? Because I guarantee you, when you address that nervous system dysfunction and come to a place of nervous system regulation, you probably can eat a lot more foods than you think you can. And really, if you wanna find out what foods truly affect you, save yourself the drama and do an elimination diet can literally Google it online, how to do an elimination diet. Try that for a few weeks, start introducing foods, then see how you feel. And then if they don't make you feel good, remove them. It's gonna be a lot more accurate than a food sensitivity test. Save your money, save your time. Very easy, very straightforward. There's my opinion on food intolerance and sensitivity tests. It's been a long time since I promoted a coffee because there's not that many good coffee brands. We got one of the best ones now on Heal Thyself. Are you ready to elevate your coffee game? An experience of Peru that's not only delicious, but it's also health focused. Let me introduce you to Purity Coffee. You heard me review them in one of my first ever coffee reviews as one of the best, and then my second ever one as one of the best. And it's one of the best still. It's an ultimate choice for coffee lovers who, who prioritize taste as well as well being. I'm gonna tell you what makes Purity Coffee stand out from the crowd. Every step in their process is rooted in health focused principles backed by solid scientific research based rigorous testing. 
They use the finest specialty grade organic Arabica beans and then move on to small batch roasting, ensuring that each cup meets the highest standards of quality. But what really sets Purity Coffee apart from all the other coffee brands is their dedication, is my favorite, is their dedication to purity and safety. Their beans undergo third-party testing to ensure they're free of pesticides, toxins, and harmful mycotoxins, those pesky substances that can wreak havoc on your health, causing issues like liver and kidney damage, digestive problems, brain fog, and fatigue. Purity Coffee also has some of the highest antioxidant capacity. And this is important because we have to understand coffee is actually really good for us when we're getting quality coffee. And the reason it's good for us and ensures so many benefits, especially heart health, is because of its antioxidant capacity. Purity has one of the highest antioxidants that you're going to find in coffee, giving you a powerful dose of healthy boosting compounds with every sip. Purity Coffee is grown on regenerative organic farms that prioritize soil health, animal welfare, and community well-being. They have certifications by USDA Organic, Rainforest Alliance, and Smithsonian Bird Friendly. You can also trust Purity Coffee is not only good for you, but also good for the planet. They have a range of roasts from their light medium roast with sweet fruity notes and their dark roast with rich bold taste. So to try out one of my favorite coffees in existence and one that I recommend to everyone still to this day, I've been doing it for years, is Purity Coffee. Go to puritycoffee.com and use the code DRG for 30% off of your first purchase. That is P-U-R-I-T-Y-C-O-F-F-E-E.com and use the code DRG for 30% off of your order. You know, living a long life is great. It is. We all want to live longer. But what's even better is living those years in good health, right? Free of the chronic diseases and the ailments. Unfortunately for many, the gap between lifespan and healthspan is way too wide. And we spent our last years ill, not enjoying our life to the fullest. And that's why I'm always into research-based products, quality supplements that are coming out to you, the highest, the best of the best, some of the best rigorously tested supplements. And one of my favorite companies across the board is Momentus. And they have two that I use every single day, creatine and collagen. These are the two powerhouses at work. I've been open that I've been working out more four times a week. I'm lifting heavy weights. And these are staples. And, I, and not just me. I think everyone should be out working out, building muscle. Staples to muscle repair and muscle growth. But what sets Momentus apart from the rest is its clinically researched formulas. For the collagen, it delivers 15 grams of collagen, supporting your body in various ways. And it's not just one type of collagen, it's all the types of collagen, right? A lot of companies just have one type of collagen. You want all the types of your body's absorbing and utilizing this collagen the way you desire the body to use it. But boy, oh boy, the gold standard for working out, if you're not on this, you don't even have to be working out. You can use it for your brain. It's creatine. Momentous creatine is fantastic. There's no fillers, no additive, pure, effective ingredients you can trust. It trusts everything when it comes to supplements. Momentous third-party test. There's no surprises. What you see on the package is what you get. So if you're like me, you want to feel your body with the best of the best, go to livemomentous.com and use the code DRG for 15% off of creatine and collagen and all their top-notch products. That is L-I-V-E-M-O-M-E-N-T-O-U-S.com with the code DRG for your discount. I got an awesome and special guest, Michelle Shapiro, integrative and functional dietitian. Man, the breadth of knowledge that she has in bridging all the worlds together and bringing you and all of us the best care is amazing. We're gonna get right into it, but I'm gonna ask her all of the arching questions that have been bothering me so much about things like Boost and Ensure and the influence of education on dietitians and really like how we bring it back to the patient and the person. We're gonna go into it, but first and foremost, Thank you for being on the show. Oh my God, Christian. I'm so excited to be here on your show. Huge fan and just like friend. I'm so excited. Yeah, I, I, man, I love your energy from the get-go. And uh, the fire in you is something that I know can shift a lot of 
influence in the world from the get-go. I can feel it, and people like you are just make that make that a powerful move. But before we get started, there's a question that I want to ask you. Okay? Absolutely. Are dietitians influenced by the food industry and the dairy industry? Very much so, and so much so that when I was in school, the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, which is a governing informational body for dietitians, had sponsors that were the National Dairy Council, and I believe at the time it was Pepsi-Cola. Mm. Which is a conflict of interest? I guess not, because that was happening, and broadly, I guess if we even if we looked it up now, they would have definitely food sponsors. It could be something like Frito-Lay. So I would say that for sure, if they have sponsors within, it's going to filter into recommendations that we're giving. Absolutely. I don't know if it's a conflict of interest because it's happening. So Yeah. So it's already there. But okay. So then you think about all of these influences that are happening and being fed to the people who are supposed to lead the sick into a healthy diet. Do you think that that influence is having a negative effect on the outcomes or how people are being treated. Absolutely, yeah. I think that when I think of the conventional model of nutrition and we think about like what becoming a registered dietitian is, it's really in a clinical setting. And when we think about like hospitals, we don't often think about health when we think of hospitals, right? We think of how you're treating the sick. And, and for me personally, I worked in nursing homes for years because for dietitians, it actually gives you a little bit of an income edge over working in hospitals. So I worked in nursing homes and, of course, like wanted to care for elderly and all the other good reasons besides that. But what I realized working in the nursing homes was that for, you know, if the state was coming in to survey the, what was going on there and audit – they needed to, you basically as a dietitian need to prove if people are losing weight that you're putting interventions in place. And what are those interventions? You need to say you're prescribing Ensure. Mm. And there's, for me, there was such a conflict of interest because I know the ingredients in some of these products, and I can even speak on Ensure specifically, are so brain and neurotoxic that I was like, I'm giving Ensure to dementia patients. And I, that was the reason that I left the clinical setting in the first place because I, I could not stomach doing that. And I'm not saying that every dietitian does that, but in the nursing homes that I worked in specifically, it was a requirement to put that intervention into place. And I tried, I said, can we make smoothies? Nope, too expensive. And we have a deal basically with these companies where we are using their products exclusively. Uh, it, which is incredible because I never knew the ins and outs, but I had the feeling. And here's why. When I was working at the integrative hospital, we were still giving boost and insurer. And I was, I was the one naturopathic doctor who was giving so much yeah. pressure yeah. to that department going, why are we giving the sickest people boost and insure? I go, you and me can sit down. We can look at the ingredients together. And make it our own. And yeah, we can make, we can literally have them make it at home or we can find a better option. Oh. I was already looking for options and there was, there was things that were almost similar when it comes to calories, protein, carbohydrates, fat. The whole macronutrient profile was very similar. And I was thinking to myself, I go, is there a contract here? Is there a contract that we have to use that? And you're saying that it's true. Well, I think they also wholesale buy it at that point. I mean, I would say that there's a lot of decisions that are made that you're not also as like the practitioner going to know why that's happening. But in my efforts, like you putting like intense pressure on, obviously, um, I kept getting a lot of pushback. No, we have to use Ensure, and we have to have a certain amount of Ensure that we use. And 
I didn't know if it was the state that would say, like, that's not an adequate intervention if you don't. Like, you would literally write, like, NSHORE, BID. If someone lost weight, lost 10% of weight, NSHORE, BID, and, and put that intervention. It didn't matter if they drank it or not, but it was, like, certain facilities use certain brands, and I don't know what kind of... There was something that I could not change about that system. And for me, and, and much like for you, it was like intolerable. I, I just couldn't deal with it. Let's go back to that. What yeah. is the issue with Boost and Insure? Just the actual chemicals in it are, if we were to like look at ingredients that are, you know, you and I might go even deeper into some ingredients and say, that's not acceptable for me. What are like palatable and acceptable for human consumption and health? I would say they're beneath that, those ingredients. It's like high fructose corn syrup. It's like corn syrup solids. It's every hydrogenated soybean oil, like every chemical that we know that has the potential to be pro-inflammatory, and especially in the most vulnerable population, it, it's it's pretty inet, like undoubted and to me that those ingredients are potentially toxic and inflammatory, especially to these vulnerable populations. So, I mean, people will argue and say that these chemicals are, you know, you people like you and I are exaggerating and they're not really that dangerous, and this is a huge part of your mission too, but these are like top-notch well-studied inflammatory ingredients. Hell yeah. And, uh, you know, you may not know, but a big reason why I do what I do was because of Boosted Insure. Well, when my mom had cancer, I would bring her to the uh, patient visits. I'd sit down with the oncologist. Then the dietitian would come in. And one mm. of the first visits we, did, we, we were together, she gave us like this six-pack or four-pack of this drink. And then she's like, you know, your mom's losing weight. Make sure she's drinking these. And they gave us multiple four packs, I think it was. And I was like, okay, cool. Now, me at the time, I definitely didn't know about pro-inflammatory foods. I didn't know about uh, quality of foods, nothing about organic. All I knew was sugar, fats, protein. And I knew that if I look at something in the back and it has all these ingredients, it probably is not a good thing. Exactly. So the first, I'm telling you right now, like I got to my car and before we even drove out of the visit, I'm like, what is this stuff they gave? And I was looking at it and I go, I can't believe. And you were like a young I was, you know, I was exactly. a young buck. Exactly. I was a young buck, but I'm looking at it and oh I go, this don't look right. And then I went and I started doing research as soon as I got home, learning That's more about it. And I, I go, I remember saying, mom, you're not drinking this. That day I made my own formula with almost the exact macronutrient profile. I looked up exactly how many like tablespoons of almond butter and I should put enough, in protein It's not like powder. that complicated. Like, it's not that complicated. Exactly. Literally, literally, if even, you know what's crazy? Even if you go home, put on a blindfold, grab all of the stuff from your pantry, throw it in there, put some like almond milk or water, mix you'll it up. There. You'll probably get <laughs> exactly. a similar macronutrient profile. So uh, Boost and Insure has a place in my heart. Not one of a lot of love, just a lot of discomfort around it. But I do accept how uh, the power of that have brought me to this place. So thank you for bringing light to it, um, and how really integrated it is into the fabric of just dietetics. You know, it's it's so integrated into the fabric of dietetics, and it's so, we have to look at like the, let's look at the root cause of everything, not only in our patients, but in life. Let's look at the root cause underneath. It all starts with the premise that the body is a machine that needs to be fixed and is broken, right? So it's like, weight loss happening, give and sure. That in and of itself is trying to fix a symptom instead of fixing the actual root cause of something. So every move that you see in conventional dietetics is explained by the fact that we're viewing the body as something that is broken that can be fixed through intervention. When in reality, all you can really do is make gentle shifts and then let the, the body do the healing and 
you know, heal thyself and balance itself, of course. So I think that every underneath all of it, there's a tremendous amount of pharmaceutical and food influence. And I, I, I don't believe that any dietitian or naturopathic physician goes into school and is like, I want to harm people and I don't want to do the best. But there's a lot of, I mean, like, I'm sure this would get me canceled within the dietetics community. I don't really care anymore. Like, cancel me, it's fine. Um, but I think that there's a lot of things going on underneath and a tremendous amount of capitalism and funding that's that's happening. And it, it really does trickle its way down, but it comes from the undermost understanding, which is that, first of all, doctors are the experts of all. MDs are the experts of all. Dietitians are kind of like in a hospital setting, depending on the role, if you're just a like a cardiac floor registered dietitian, you're giving also meal plans that are you know, we say like it, the hospitals are like 20 years, the government's like 20 years behind scientific research because there's so many hoops that you have to jump through to get things moving forward because there's so many regulations and safety rules. But dietitians in hospitals to this day are giving out like low sodium diets and, you know, low cholesterol diets in the hospital to heart disease patients because there's restrictions on what recommendations you can give. So it's mm -hmm. from the recommendation standpoint, it's from the food standpoint. And, and really, I think the underpinning of it all is, I don't think pharmaceutical or food companies are super intent on people healing themselves. You know, I think that that's kind of not their intention, even though I do feel that every single dietitian and every single naturopathic physician, it is their intention to help. Um, it's just they have pressures against them, unfortunately. hundred percent. And that's the feeling I got. There was uh, regulations within the hospital, regulations within the committee with the dietitians that even like, because I was close with a few of them, and they're like, we can't do anything. Yeah. Like we, I want to recommend the opposite. I want it. Like I hear what you're saying, Christian. We even had a meeting all together and I was like, okay, that actually backed me off a little bit because I go, it's not them, you know, like just missing the, missing the, the, the obvious, which is in front of them. They were just working within the regulations with their hands. And like, as you said, we come out of school from conventional doctors, naturopathic doctors, functional medicine, uh, dietitians, all of us come out of school with a toolkit. And oftentimes, like as we go out that toolkit, sometimes we don't have the authority to do that or the tools to do that. So we work with what we have, unfortunately. But fortunately, there's people like exactly. us who are like- Who are angry. Enough. Who are like, no, F that, cancel me because I'm, do I'm doing I it. I'm, I, know, I know what healing thyself means and I'm gonna work with the body. 100%. You know? And that's sort of, there's always like these rogue pioneers, but those are the rogue pioneers that really create new movements and new healing in people. And that's where uh, you and I, maybe it's an East Coast thing, maybe it's a it's Queens, an, New York it's a thing. It's Queens thing. <laughs> but like- um, It's a healer thing. I feel that. I feel I there's feel a, there's a fire in, in, in that we need to pioneer a new way because damn, the status quo ain't working, we know that. 70, almost 70% 70 of people suffering from some sort of preventable chronic illness. Yeah, that's not working. Yeah. That's so not working for me. Preventable chronic, it's crazy. Why is that even a phrase? Why is that even a phrase? That's really what I'm noticing so much in my career these days is I'm like, let me take five steps back from everything. And I'm like, the systems are so broken that they don't even make sense to me anymore. I'm like, mm -hmm. how, how, is, how is there any preventable chronic illness? If we have so much money in our healthcare system and we have, I think we have the, the highest money into our healthcare system and the lowest yeah. like health of like mortality morbidity like of yeah. any country in the mm -hmm. entire it's it's absolutely absurd and and obviously what we're doing again is treating the body in a way that just isn't working and we're treating people in a way that isn't working more importantly and we're not listening to people and what they actually need and unfortunately i don't think we have the tools in some of our conventional if we're learning in a system that is broken itself 
you know, it took me learning from, you know, and I have to give a shout out to Rob who connected mm -hmm. us, Dr. Robert Kochko. Mm -hmm. It took me working with him as a patient. I, I went to my first session with him and it was like eight years ago or something. And yeah. I was like, oh, is this medical care? Is I was like, you just sat care? with me for like an hour and a half and you learned everything about me. You asked me about my sleep. You asked me about who I am as a person, my identity. I was like, oh, this is completely different than what I just learned. I was just learning about 1200 calorie diets. Like I, this is where, you know, my heart is. And that's what really honestly led me to functional medicine. What leads us all to functional nutrition or medicine is obviously our own journey and having these aha moments with your mom or with health, with our own personal health and saying, there's something, there's no answers left for me here. I need to go somewhere else. Yeah, and and right, be, and we all have, there's so many people and actually more people are having those aha moments where they're going, what is happening? And that, is that I think that speaks to why people on social media who are talking about this sort of medicine are getting so much engagement, yeah. right? There's Let's so many go. people who are going like, wait, there's another way? And thank God for outlets like social media where people can see that. Because like, I, it wasn't that long ago, I remember getting strep throat every year and before I, before I went to school and I would sit there and I, I'll never forget the last time I went to that doctor, she like looked at my throat, she put a, a light in there, looked around, didn't even do the swab and she goes, oh, it looks like strep again. She gave me an antibiotic. It was, I kid you not, I timed it, four and a half minutes. Oh my god! And then I, I left and I was like, okay, that was quick, but now I have to get this antibiotic. And then I said, actually, I don't want to do that. She didn't ask me what I'm eating. She didn't mm. ask me how I'm sleeping. She didn't ask me anything that may have caused the strep throat, the recurrent strep throat. Um, and actually, that's that. I was excited because that happened, and I was going into naturopathic school. Yeah, so I was like, you're like, this is a perfect example. I was what like, I need to not example. do exactly. And I actually remember sharing that uh, first year as like part of what led me there. But um, so so when it comes to bridging, because I because I see that's what you're doing. You're trying to grab this side and go, okay, okay, yes, no. There's real there's really good research and recommendations here, but then we have the other side where they're like, okay. You know, like say, for example, intuitive eating or something, yes, we right? Yeah, we definitely talk about that. We could, let, let's talk about that. They're, they're on two sides and like, great, intuitive eating is great. But like, if I intuitively feel that I want to eat a pizza and then a, a Twinkie, is that really my intuition? Or is that just a part of me going like... Is that like leptin? Or is yeah, that exactly. leptin? Is that, is that literally a hormone? Or is that like low blood sugar right. being like, please feed me something fast. It's tasty. Everything's or trauma. trauma. Exactly. Right. So like, uh, how are you finding yourself bridging the gap between these two worlds? Yeah, so there's kind of for the longest time, and I also occupied a larger body until I was 17, 18 years old, and I rapidly lost 100 pounds, which is what landed me intentionally, but in a way that I would never recommend for my patients. I'm like, I did it wrong so that you guys can do it right. Like, let me be the guinea pig. It was a terrible idea. That's really what landed me in Dr. Kochko's office is because I had suffered from so much sickness as a result of the rapid weight loss because the body does not respond well to force. It's like physics. Like, for every force, there's an opposing force. Yeah. So then my thyroid started slowing down and I started having all these gut issues and everything was happening. And I was like, I did the thing that Western medicine told me was the right thing to do. You're supposed to lose weight. I did it. Everyone was complimenting me. You look amazing and everything like that. I did the thing that you were supposed to do. And I felt the worst I ever felt in my entire life. And my adrenals were shot. My HPA axis was completely off kilter. And really for me also, that's when I realized like, Losing more weight isn't really the answer. And I was going to doctors and they were also telling me, you need to lose more weight. Mm -hmm. And and at the time I was like, the same weight I am now, I'm fine. Like I have no concerns about that and it has an impact in my health and I'm at a healthy weight. So that was their answer. I was having issues because of the rapid weight loss I had and they said, you can lose more weight because there's kind of 
recommendations in, in different buckets. So while I do think that that legitimate psychological torture that I put on myself to not eat for months um, really is not what I would recommend, there has kind of been from this, there's tremendous amount of fat shaming and medical bias in doctor's offices where you might have gone for a strep throat and a doctor might have said to me at the time, I'm not even looking in your throat. You should lose weight, you know? So that's the really scary part about weight bias, especially in the medical system, is people are systematically ignored and it's extremely dangerous for health. And people are, you know, doctors are, there's many studies that show this. Doctors are more likely to perceive that someone who's occupying a larger body is like faking something or that they're uh. on, they're exaggerating or something like that. So it's it's quite dangerous and real. So from this huge issue with fat shaming in our culture and diet culture came this kind of what I would call a knee-jerk reaction back, which is like the anti-diet culture and health at every size movement. And the principles of intuitive eating are rock solid. You would love them. They would work within your practice and who you are as a person. They are excellent. The issue is when what I'm seeing now is that clients are doing intuitive eating. They're psychologically improving, but they're physically declining. So in some ways, of course, if we're listening to ourselves and what we want when we're eating, we're soothing our vagus nerve, the meal's going down better, our digestion's improving. But if you have a parasite, you can intuitively eat all you want. That parasite's living there, right? Mm -hmm. So there's some conditions that if you focus so much on the psychological solution, you're missing the physical solution. So I have clients coming to me who have like really, you know, pretty serious like anxiety or gut issues. And they're saying intuitive eating is making me happier and I'm enjoying food and enjoying my life and some things are getting better. But now I'm a little bit more sick than I was. My blood sugar is a little bit more dysregulated. It's not a cure for physical conditions. And that's what it's being touted as. And I, I kind of balance this world between compassion and coddling where I want to be really compassionate, but that also means giving people vital health information and letting them decide what they want to do for themselves. Not saying, you know, health information, you know, isn't important or you shouldn't look at it because it'll hurt you. And there's kind of this, this coddling season happening in the health mm -hmm. world right now. I don't know if you've seen that too. I have, I have. Yeah. It's been, for me, I was like, Okay, you know, great to empower us. Great to empower us that, and, and I and I see the value in that saying because there's so many people that are like, avoid this at all costs. Right. Only eat this. Which does create always. food fears or something? Yeah, of course. Of course, and it's like, but the thing is, it's a new damn thing every day. I, exactly, it's like, and it's all wrong. You tell exactly. me to avoid Twinkies at all costs. Okay. Then you tell me to avoid kale at all costs. I'm like, uh, uh, all right, yeah. Kale is like I'm, the enemy of the nutrition world. Yeah, right? I was, I'm like, I don't understand. It's like, that's the new trend exactly. now? All of a sudden- Kale the, and hummus are like out. Kale, right? kale, they're out, right? But they were so trendy like a few oh years my God, ago. They were the healthy, you're in California. I mean, yeah. they were like it. Literally, so literally it's like, for me, I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Let's get in touch with our intuition. And Absolutely. how do you feel when you eat kale? How do you feel when you eat hummus? Exactly. How about once whenever you feel like being called to eat a Twinkie, how do you feel? but I absolutely see the other side of it. I see that we can get lost on our quote unquote intuition if it is intuition or hormones or blood exactly. sugar or a parasite uh, that is really influencing us. And we're going, oh, thank God. Like, is it just letting go of the stress of the duality of going this or that and feeling that in the body? But then what about like, how do I feel physically and mentally? Right. How, how do both tie in, right? Because you can't just be in, psychological la-la land exactly. where your physical is like, oh shit, man, I'm breaking down And here. can you be in psychological la-la land if you're physically not well? No freaking no. way. If my blood sugar is dysregulated by like 10, I'm like completely off. You mm -hmm. know, it's like it's, and then when you do intuitive eating, which is cool, you do get a little more fine-tuned on how different things affect you. But then you get, if you just do intuitive eating again, 
we have to acknowledge that there is a place in worlds where we need functional nutrition too, because, you know, again, conventional dietitians, you have something like IBS, they might do something, maybe they might do something like a high fiber diet, the obsession, you know, of dietitians is like fiber, fiber, or they might do like a, let's say a low FODMAP plan or something like that. Again, you do a low FODMAP plan. And even if you're putting that intervention into place very carefully, because what I do see on the flip side my clients go to a functional medicine doctor's office, NDs, love you guys more than anything, but they get a piece of paper that says, here's bad foods, here's good foods for SIBO. You know, right. here's what you need to do. Here's a keto diet, try this. I love a paleo diet, whatever the doctor's kind of preference is. But like you said, the minutia of I could eat blueberries and you can eat blueberries and they can completely impact us differently. So you need really fine-tuned precision nutrition care. Yeah. And the issue is while people in functional medicine and, and MDs have the best of intentions. Again, you hand someone a piece of paper that says this food is bad and this food is good, it is going to stick with them. It's a it's just a normal threat response, right? Like a hundred percent. Yeah. That happened with me when I took the uh, the food intolerance test um, in school. Yeah. Very. And and uh, I took it and I was like, huh. I was like, what the hell? I was like, all these foods I can't eat now. Which have changed by now, obviously. I, I, was, I was like, yeah, which has changed by now. I was like, oh man, carrots, I love carrots. And then, and then it, was like, it was like a four out of four. I was like, oh man. And looking at this, I was like, okay, I have a choice. I can cut out literally 30% of the foods I'm eating or I can look deeper into like what the hell this test is, right? Because in school, we were But that's we really just, intuitive that you even thought to do that because in your schooling, it was probably like, that's it, cut it out. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, and and it was so rampant and like it was a go-to test in our school. And then I was looking at it and I was like, They were Wait hot a then too. Yeah, tests. they were so hot. Yeah, they were like so they were, hot. I mean, that's when kale was hot and hummus was hot too. Oh my God, major. So I'm looking at this and I, and I go, um, oh, it could just be that I'm eating these foods a lot and my immune system isn't necessarily creating a sensitivity or intolerance. Yeah, it's just showing me that I'm eating this food a lot. And I was like, how do I feel when I eat carrots? How do I feel when you're I like, eat carrots? You're like, I feel amazing when I yeah, eat carrots. Yeah, yeah. Conversely, okay, maybe it said that uh, almonds. How do I feel when I eat almonds? Actually, I kind of, my throat feels a little mm. weird. So it, it was, in, if anything, sort of a guide for me to look at. Sure. And I just did an elimination and, and started reintroducing. And then I was like, oh, yeah, no, I definitely can't eat almonds or something like that. Wow, I can't eat almonds. Yeah, exactly. literally like $250 later, $300 later, I was like, okay. But um, it's funny because I'm, I'm going to talk about them later when I do my, my segment on this. Yeah. But um, how are you recommending to patients then to eat? How are you recommending, like, what are some practices if I came in your office, we chatted, and then you say, all right, go home and Christian and get started on your new relationship with food. What are some really good tips? Yeah, so again, all of the nutrition tips that I give are extremely individualized. So I can tell you what like the process of working with me looks like a little bit. So people will come in for an initial consultation. Usually it's like an hour, but it usually goes longer. I'm asking them questions usually that they don't understand why I'm asking them, like really understanding. I'm like, if you wake up in the middle of the night, what time are you waking up in the middle of the night? Really detailed. How's your posture while you're eating? Like, you know, really trying to understand the minutia of it. And then I'm going to take all that information and make really personalized. First, I do lifestyle recommendations. Those could be, again, it could be like breathwork-based, posture-based. It could be anything lifestyle-based that they need. Or if I notice someone, like if they have mold in their environment, there's, you know, they need to start a detox or whatever those things are that have to start first because I know food can be so triggering. So I will say I've had a client who we didn't talk about food for the first year of working together. Mm -hmm. I said, you're just not there yet. And really when it comes to like specifically the woman in my practice, I work with a lot of women and men. It's pretty split skewing usually in the executive category so they're older but they're very like smart type a like super yeah. like just 
self-educated in, in, in even the health space too. So they know exactly what they want. But I can feel when I'm like, oh, I pushed on a nutrition button and I am getting resistance, they're not ready to talk about this. So oftentimes my clients will come to me by the time I send them the second part of what I like to call their battle plan, which is like, because I break it down into different kind of components. By the time they get the nutrition part, I will have to notice and feel that they're not giving me the same that I don't want them to devolve into an eating disorder or disordered eating pattern. So I have to make sure that they're receptive to those recommendations. And I can tell from food fears because I'll ask questions and I'll be like, you know, like, what do you eat for breakfast? And if I dig a little deeper, I can hear like a little, I can watch like how their posture is changing, how their voice is changing and see I've hit something here and they're not ready. So I'm, I'm really like measuring in my sessions to make sure that people are comfortable to receive information. And a lot of what I do, and I know a lot of what you do is having people basically come up with the answers themselves, but I'm pulling from them. I'm pulling. Mm -hmm. So in ways of just general nutrition information, obviously what you're going to see in a lot of my battle plans is like posture while eating, slowness while eating, like paying attention, a lot of accessing intuition, a lot of, you know, really assessing for safety when it comes around food time. Um, and then just eating as close to real food as you possibly can for, right. for everyone. I mean, that's those are general recommendations, I would say, that cover everyone. And, and then a lot of digestion tips too, like really like focusing not on like drinking and eating at the same time and, and focusing on, you know, like tuning into your meal and enjoying it. Now let's chat about something crucial that is omega-3s. You know I'm all about keeping clean and pure when it comes to products as well as food on my plate. But when it comes to supplements, right, we have to make sure we have the best of the best, but especially when it comes to omega-3s. And, and I really mean it. Omega-3s are some of the most adulterated supplements that exist out there. And a lot of companies aren't doing it right. We need omega-3s for our heart, for our brain, for our eye health. You might not be getting enough nutritionally. When it comes to Peori, it's a quality brand, not only just with Omegas across their whole line. They're extremely transparent. Every batch undergoes rigorous testing against over 200 contaminants, and you could check the results for yourself. And that's one of my favorite things. You can scan the QR code and look at the batch that is right in front of you that is on your shelf or on your counter, and you can see the results for this quality testing. Peori's O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil delivers a potent dose of EPA and DHA without any unnecessary extras. Now, Peori is offering 20% off of their O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil, the one that I take every single morning, and all their fantastic products to you, the Heal Thyself listener. That's 20% off even the already discounted subscription price. I want you to go to Peori.com. Use my promo code DRG. That's P-U-O-R-I.com slash DRG to take care of your health with some of the best omegas out there by Peori. These days... These days, it seems like everyone is carrying on a beverage, whether it's soda or flavored water, or kombucha, or coffee or tea. But not all beverages are created equal when it comes to quality and health benefits. That is why I become obsessed with Peaks Sun Goddess Matcha. I've been using this for, it's one of the first supplements I really invested in. It's four years ago, probably. And it's not just any old matcha powder. We're talking organic ceremonial grade matcha tea that has been meticulously screened for pesticides, heavy metals, mold, and even radioactive isotopes. Peak takes no shortcuts. Their matcha is cultivated by ninth degree tea masters in Kagoshima, Japan, using century old traditions. Their plants are shaded for 35% longer than usual to maximize the production of vital compounds like L-theanine for calm, steady energy and chlorophyll for its detoxifying anti-aging properties. I start every morning with a frothy cup of sun goddess matcha, not just for energizing my body, you know, we all want to get that caffeine kick, yeah, okay, but for the amazing gut health, metabolism boosting, and antioxidant benefits. 
The phytonutrients nurture my digestive system. The EGCG compounds help my body burn calories efficiently. And the chlorophyll gives my skin the awesome reading. You see I'm glowing right now, right? That's because of the matcha. There's perfectly proportioned packets that are easy to mix with water whenever I need to pick me up. So easy to make a consistent self-care ritual. Peak is offering you, the Heal Thyself listener, 15% off of their sun goddess matcha plus a free beaker and a rechargeable frother when you go to peaklife.com DRG. They're so confident that you're going to love it. There's even a 30-day money-back guarantee. No code at checkout. Just go to P-I-Q-U-E-L-I-F-E.com slash DRG. You're going to get 15% off plus all those freebies. How do we tune into our meal? So I think that I like to bring ourselves like outside of our bodies first to like assess for any threats in our environment and have people like notice things that they're seeing in their environment do a little bit of like maybe a four seven eight breathing and then notice how our bodies feel and then just get like so excited that literally like life's force is being handed to you in food it's like the craziest thing that like we can't be alive without food it's just like looking at it's like universal power that it has for us and acknowledging and thinking about really the journey of the food and how it came to us. And then within the first few bites, I also just have my clients kind of check in and see like, how is this feeling going down? What thoughts are kind of coming up, especially in the beginning of our work together and just getting like really excited around the food, but at the same time, just checking in with every part of ourselves as it's coming down. Mm, That sounds so much better than um, me running to a meeting, opening my lunchbox, eating, being on a call, and and at a at a red light doing my eyebrows or something, exactly. you know exactly. what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like it's like ah, oh, just tuning into your environment, then your food, then giving thanks to the food. Oh my gosh, it's so cool that food makes us be alive. It's yeah. the coolest thing ever. It, like it, it's amazing. Let, let, and is it something I really have been thinking about lately? Is like okay, do you really have a food intolerance or sensitivity, or are you? dysregulated with your nervous system. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. It's extremely likely. Yeah. Because what I notice is I can eat almost anything. I haven't tried gluten because gluten messes me I up. I can't. Not for years, no. Yeah, not for years. American gluten especially. American. It's not even um, yeah, you go to, you put, bring me to Italy. I'm eating all the pasta <laughs> and the pizza and the bread and I got my feet up and I'm, you know, sunglasses and a button down. Uh, but, but what I found is that when I'm at peace, like, and I could, I know when my body's at peace because my stomach is like, I, like there's no tension I can eat anything almost it's like I call it the invincible stomach almost when you feel like you could just keep fueling and feeding yeah. you feel like your body's like a fine tuned machine like it can just, just it knows good. where things should go it's and it good. knows how to get them there <laughs> all I need is to be uh, 5 out of 10 stressed and then I eat the same foods and maybe half of them are going to cause a reaction in my body absolutely And, and I'm, think I'm of think, your immune system right yeah. like of course and I'm thinking yeah. more people there's people on the sensitive sensitivity scale, right? And I know folks who are, aren't very sensitive physically or to the environment, and they have iron stomachs. They can just eat anything. It's, yeah. And then highly sensitive people, you know, who, who literally can sense the room. I can, like, close my eyes, and if someone tiptoes, I'll be like, oh, there's someone behind exactly. me. I already feel it, you know? I'm like, Though, what's that person feeling over there know, at the restaurant? It's too much. <laughs> so those, so the, uh, folks like us, you know, it takes a lot. So... Yeah. If people viewing and listening, if you identify as a highly sensitive person, let's do those practices where we can just start tuning in. What is how long does it take? The I mean, it could take three minutes before a meal, even three minutes before a meal. Because even the transition of going, I mean, first I'm a highly highly sensitive. I'm an HHSP. I'm going to call myself highly. 
if I'm in an, literally if I'm in a restaurant, I'm wondering what other people are feeling. Like that is the level that I'm like, I'm like almost channeling in a restaurant. It's mm-hmm. like the lighting is a lot for me. The smells are a lot for me. It's an overwhelming experience for me. So in those things, you have to understand if you're a highly sensitive person, whether your conscious brain's picking up on it, your subconscious brain is picking up on all of those threats. And our digestion from like an evolutionary biology perspective, if we perceive stress, like let's say you have to run from a bear, you're not your body's not going to think of like working your digestion. It's going to like have the blood rush to the other parts of your body right. so you can freaking sprint from the bear. It's right. not going to give you what you need energetically towards your digestion. So powerful to think about. I'm going to start eating my food in my closet with the door <laughs> locked. So that exactly. I know, ain't no one going to bother me. I know with me. like no smell. You can't have like perfumes in there or anything. Yeah, like I no, know not at all. I was very sensitive to that today, by the way, to intentionally not wear like perfumes or anything in your environment. I, I'm telling you right now, like. I feel it. Like my, my nose starts getting all like hot and runny and my throat, it just doesn't feel good when I smell synthetic. Exactly. How about phones then? Should we be having our phone next to us, maybe taking a few bites, checking Instagram, taking a few bites, texting back? How, how much would that affect our digestion? It would because, again, anything that's stimulating your cortisol, like looking at our phones makes our cortisol higher, is going to interfere with your digestion too because anything that where your stress goes up, your digestive capacity or even in Ayurveda, like we would call it your digestive fire, your agni, is going to like go down basically. So we want to create a tremendous amount of fire around our digestion. I also like have done and, and had my clients do, um, I do Don yoga, which is a Korean style of yoga, and you can literally just take your fist and just do tapping on your stomach to just, you know, again, increase blood flow to your stomach. And this is more... This is so un-Western acceptable, obviously, but um, definitely just bringing the attention down. Anything that's bringing your attention out. And the phone is different from me saying notice your environment because in your environment, you're noticing things that could be threats and then you're assaging those fears as things are going on. Like, that's just over there. I'm, I'm grounding myself into my body. Cell phones are taking you out of your body completely. The other thing is, and this is just from a more individualized perspective, I think some people feel really lonely when they're eating and if they are alone and they are talking to someone on the phone and if it was comforting to them, I would have to see like what's a better balance for them Mm -hmm. for sure. And I do know that that's a very real thing is that sitting with, if we have a tremendous amount of trauma too, you know, sitting inside of your neurological system when it's firing all the time is also very uncomfortable. So for some people, some distraction is actually comforting during a meal and can help. It really depends on the person, but no, the bright light from your phone, like that's, yeah. it, you know, it's disrupting your melatonin, your cortisol, everything. So it's it's not going to be productive in that way. But we have to think about the fact that loneliness is a huge issue for people and that, um, you know, feeling the comfort of people in a meal might be important. Mm. I, it's interesting that you say that because I think about there's some there's some times where I just want to eat alone. Totally. There's some times where I'm like, okay, you yeah, know, I want to connect with someone while I'm eating. I feel like someone's here. It's so hard for me to talk and eat with people because I'm swallowing like it's potatoes so whole and broccoli whole. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I forgot to chew that one. Because you're know? inside of them. You're inside, you're it's just crazy. So I, I I actually try to like block out anything that has to do with talking and eating. I I, I just get so distracted. It's Uh, really hard with the environment too. Like mm -hmm. if I like love my fiance's family, we're super duper close. And I know my mother-in-law is going to be like freaking out watching this as I just said that. But even we're going to dinner with them. We are like little energizer bunnies when we're together, me and my mother-in-law. And when we're at dinner, like we could be there for hours and I have no appetite the whole time because my cortisol, it's it's high, but in a good way. It's like hermetic stress almost, you know, it's like high in a good way. But I'm like, I can't focus on eating at the same time. I don't even taste food when I'm in restaurants. As you can tell, I'm not, even though I'm a, total New Yorker and that's like a huge part of our culture. I'm like not super into going out to eat because I can't, my digestion's not going to be good. 
you know, I, and I'm like, you have to make a six o'clock dinner reservation. I cannot go to, I cannot eat and talk at 9 p.m. It's impossible 100%. for us. It's impossible it's for impossible. us. It's impossible, yeah. Exactly. So uh, when it comes to then, let's say I've finished my meal, uh, is there anything that I can do after that helps with my digestion? Is absolutely. there anything that you recommend? Yeah, absolutely. So if also if you're a person who is is feeling like you're not breaking down food really well, adding a little bit of bitters before and after your meal might be really supportive too. Of course, not like laying down, you know, especially again, if you're dealing, I, I work a lot with like reflux. It's like my favorite thing. It's like, you know, you get into different things when you're working. I'm like, For I'm sure. into reflux right now. Mm -hmm. um, not laying down, of course, sitting up. Um, walking after meals can also help improve like digestion for some people. For some people, you need to sit a little bit longer, and it also can help improve insulin sensitivity after a meal, which mm -hmm. can be really helpful for people too. Um, I think checking in after a meal is also important. There's an, this other piece of it that I said about trauma where sitting with trauma can be uncomfortable, which is, you know, of course, why like a lot of people say, I, I'm bad at meditating, right? Yeah. Like it's uncomfortable for me. Meditation's not like fun. Like it's not supposed to be this like awesome, as you very well know, of course, but it's not supposed to be this like awesome, fun thing. You're really sitting with discomfort. So if you are a person who is suffering from severe GI issues, sitting with that discomfort might be overwhelming and it might push you over kind of your threshold for stress. So I would say if you need to move around a little bit to just like lean into what your body's asking you to do. Mm -hmm. But generally, like we need to, as I have a terrible posture, but we need to stand up with a good posture. Our digestive tract is very long. We need food to like move its way down. And if we're hunched over like this, mm -hmm. you're pushing acid up, right? And and food's not going to be able to work its way down. So watching your posture after you eat while your body's digesting and either giving yourself the comfort of sitting alone or giving yourself the comfort of walking or being with someone else, listen to what your body's asking you. Because like I said, if it's 11 o'clock and I've been at a dinner for two hours, I'm like, I need to go. Yeah, this cannot I hear exist. you. Yeah. yeah, I know. I know that feeling. How do you feel about um, sitting and eating. Yeah. Sitting is, I think, preferred okay. too. I think, again, you're, the, there's something about transitions with meals that we miss a lot too. Like I like to announce to myself, like, hi, we're doing a meal now. Like this is now a meal time, which is why sitting at a table is so important too. And we talked about intuitive eating before. What I like to use is the word intentional eating. So it's not necessarily that you're accessing your intuition, but because that's hard, um, but maybe you're just doing something with intention and you're eating mm -hmm. with intention and you're doing it on purpose. So making kind of like, you know, I say like I make a tea party for myself. I'm like, we're going to eat now. It's like, you know, I like to set, mm -hmm. I like love tablescaping too. You set the table beautiful. You make a whole scene for yourself. I think feels like really makes the meal really important, which like, again, food is life's energy. Like it is our fuel source. It is the thing that keeps us alive. And the idea that there's a farmer somewhere, hopefully a farmer where we're getting our food from and not yeah. a lab, a farmer somewhere else in the country has like literally picked this avocado for you and now, or in a different country, and now it's come to you on a truck and it has landed in front of your plate. It is the wildest journey and exchange that happens. Yeah. And just acknowledging and feeling that I really try to be present during those meals for those times too. So, uh, yeah, that's so inspiring because I can do so much better with that. I, you know, there's a lot of times where I'm still like talking and working and making my food as we're working, as we're working and like just exchanging, do this. Why don't you send this email? Maybe it might be. And then once it's time to eat, like we stop talking, but like, oh yeah, let me check my phone because I've been working. Let me see, let me catch up on some things that I'm eating in my phones there. I'm eating in my phones there. And before I know it, I'm like, oh, I guess I guess I just finished eating lunch. Am I still hungry? Like, it's just... And it's hard it just to know if you're hungry passes. then, too. Yeah, and then it's hard to know where... I, I think I want to create more intentionality and going like, okay, I'm going to be 
in my own world for 15 minutes. Totally. You know, and like meditate or like just feel the Christian land food. of food. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe do my own little Reiki around my exactly. food. <laughs> get it, bless it, you know. 100%. Bring it's, gratitude towards the journey. Isn't it like crazy that food like comes to us and then it makes us be alive? Like that's crazy. I know. <laughs> like literally, literally without... Whatever is in front of me is going to sustain my life. Exactly. No, like it's amazing, and the yeah. choice—the choices you're already making—we should be should be celebrated. Every time you're making a choice like that for yourself, it's worthy of celebration anyway, too. Mm. So we'll commit together. We'll both eat let's more do it. Let's do it. Like, yes. So, do you want to know what cured my IBS? I would love to know what cured your IBS. I had it for I had it since 2007, and I had all of a sudden like I got colonoscopy, endoscopy. Sometimes at the same time, which is not fun. It was just. I know. It's good to knock them both out, but it's, it's really right. unpleasant. It's yeah. very unpleasant. And then yeah. at the end of the day, after all this process of like five months in college, trying to find out what's going on, they're like, well, you have IBS. And uh, we don't really have anything for that. You know, like maybe just like, the doctor was trying take to. Take Yeah, yeah, take Imodium. Because I was getting. Whatever, yeah. I was getting heartburn. I was getting like, at the time, like constipation, diarrhea, constipation, diarrhea, which it leveled out, but. It was a lot of just bloating. It felt like so it felt like I ate Thanksgiving. Every morning I woke up, it felt like I ate Thanksgiving the night before. Oh and it could be like eight hours, nine hours. It could even be 12 hours. I could be fasting and I could still feel bloated. I literally was suffering with this until like this year. Uh, and it wasn't, it was, it, it, it was bad in the beginning. It and then it was a little mild. Better. It was like yeah. four out of 10. It's just uncomfortable. But that's uncomfortable. Yeah. Deep emotional release mm. of the... The, the deepest emotions, which I did not want to experience for 20 plus years. Uh, the emotions that were under the egoic protectors. Oh, yeah. Right? No, you're good there. Don't, yeah. Don't look there. Don't yeah, look there. don't look there. And when I wow. finally just experienced that and let that fear, which it was, it was true fear, uh, be felt like very powerfully, almost terrifying. I feel powerful now. Yeah. And then as it, as it came out of my body and leveled out, the tension around my stomach disappeared, and I literally never had That's IBS again. Unbelievable, and not shocking at all. Is that crazy? About, like, first of all, thank you for sharing that with me. That's an you. amazing story. And yeah. yeah, I think it's so funny because you're an ND. You could have taken a hundred supplements. You could have like I have. literally, right? Exactly. You could have done twenty. You did your food and sensitivity tests in college like a million times. Fourteen years of this. Exactly. It's been. But and you think of your digestion. You literally think the most protective thing when we are scared, right? What we clench our home. You were probably clenching your gut Everything. every single day and, and totally underneath and not realizing, which is why, again, I don't care about a low FODMAP diet. For most people, even going to an ND or a dietitian and someone hearing them and seeing them and letting their fear come down a bit, that's healing. The second you walk in a practitioner's door who cares about you, that in and of itself is healing. And your body can go... I say I love the feeling when you go to a doctor's office and you feel like you almost like took when you're a kid you take your backpack off after a long day. Oh, you're like, oh, like that's that how feeling. it feels. Oh, yes. it's so nice. That's how you feel in your gut now. It it's is. amazing. I feel good. My gut is like more food. Yes. And I was like, okay, well, and you're out, tall. Slow like down you a little bit. Yeah. So we're fe we're feeding the tallness. Um, so is so is there anything else that you're really like wanting to share that is really powerful for you within the field? Yes. So right now I'm working on, I, I just launched a new business too, which I'm really excited about. And, and this is something that basically I've been working as a dietitian for almost eight years. And in my practice, what was happening was my patients would come see me. In New York, there are very strict regulations for lab testing that dietitians can order, like the strictest, I think, in the country. Like we can't order GI map, Dutch, anything like that, unless you're under a doctor. And what was happening was my clients really needed support and care. So I was basically 
I've been scouring all of New York to find the best doctors that I possibly could. And what would happen was my patients would say, can you join, my clients would say, can you join me in this medical appointment? And what I would do is literally sit in the medical appointment and I seem like nice and fun and fluffy. But then when I'm like defending someone or I'm protective, I was like, I would be like basically saying to the doctor, no, if you're going to give them a, you know, a medication, you're going to have to tell me and her exactly what's going on in that medication and why you're recommending it and exactly what it's going to do and exactly what the side effects are. So, and what, what foods can we eat with it? Everything like that. So any recommendation they were giving, I was basically giving pushback and saying, I need this information for them. You're, they're not leaving unless this is a good medical appointment, no matter what kind of practitioner. That is not time efficient because I can't do that with all of my patients all the time. So what I've been doing for the past eight years is finding the best practitioners in the entire city and hopefully eventually in the entire country and making really good relationships with them. Either I I used to just go to doctor's appointments and pretend there was something going on with me. I was like, I'll pay them money for the appointment, but I want to see who's good and, and if you know they can benefit my patients. And I made this membership where I'm basically just, as I call it, like giving the playbook to everyone and saying, you know, here is the, the best practitioners that I have vetted tremendously. Um, and then just a bunch of free services for people. So like free cryotherapy, infrared light at all of these amazing um, locations in New York because Cali is like 50 years ahead of New York when it comes to healthcare. You guys are like cryo, we're over cryo already. I, like, know, <laughs> I know, I exactly. know. In New York, we're like just hearing it. We're like, yeah. wow, this is so cool. Never so heard of it. Just like little services yeah. people can do um, because I realized in my practice also that my I was working with people and it was, a, you know, my rate is more on the expensive side. And I was like, I need something that's really cost efficient. And that is going to make the biggest change in healthcare that I can possibly make. Because I left the system a long time ago, like you did. I was like, I'm not ever going to change the healthcare system. So I'm going to make a new thing where mm -hmm. people can just actually feel safe and know they're not going to get fat shamed in a doctor's office, know that they're not going to get ignored in a doctor's office and know that they can feel safe accessing practitioners. Powerful. Okay. So this is for New York. Yeah. It's so going to be Shout everywhere. out to New Yorkers right now. Shout out to New Yorkers right now, okay, and okay. always. And always, and always. And and how do they find this, all of it's this? It's called Wellness Map. So you just wellnessmap.co, um, or you can find it on my Instagram. I post about it often, um, and you can join from anywhere. So actually 90% of the resources, because there's tremendous educational resources, interviews, and everything like that too, can be for anyone in the country. It's just if you want those free things, um, those have to be done in New York. Okay, cool, And cool. everyone loves free things. So everyone who loves free things wants to find out who the doctors are, who are highly vetted. Yes, and any practitioner, really. We have chiropractors, acupuncturists. Okay, so all of them. All right, yes. so this is like just all chiropractors, all practitioners. Functional medicine Functional medicine specific. Who are trauma-informed and not weight-biased. Oh, amazing. Okay, so everyone out there who's living in New York and goes, hey, Doc G, who's the best doctor in New York? Why don't you just go to the wellness map and find yes, out? Yes. Right? It. Yes. Powerful. Look, thank you for being on the show. Uh, when I come to New York to, to our the, the other studio in New York, let's do another one. Maybe you and Rob come on because oh I haven't had Rob on since. And, and everyone who we referred to Rob Caccio, he was two years ago, three, two and a half years ago on the show. So go back. He was actually in. talking about Anxiety Proof, which is our program, by the way. Oh, he was. Actually. Yes. Wow. We were okay. just launching literally that exact time. It's a while ago. So it's, it's been a while. Ago. So. Um, but maybe you and Rob can come on and just like, we'll do Would like, be the actual joy of my life. Meeting of the Minds, we'll do a New York session. Um, so thank happy. you for coming on. As thank always, you so much. everyone go check her out. Amazing stuff. And thank you. Thank you so much, Christian. Mm -hmm.